Like, let's say you joined, man, we saw you on Sunday, but then you left right after Sunday service. You didn't come to the uh, to the meeting after ser- after service. We're like, wait, something's up with him. Something's up. I don't know if he's really committed. And then you did not come to the to the to the church service in the middle of the week. We're like, yo, I don't know about this guy. And then if you did not come to the Bible talk, and then you only chose to show up Sunday morning and leave, and if that was the pattern of your attendance, yeah, you were kicked out. Okay, so they the, so so the, the inclusivity and, and the love only goes so far. <laughs> the inclusivity and the love only goes so far. Yes, because I, I was curious. Yes. Welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. My name is Aldo Martin. And I'm Cousin Eddie. And together, we're going to explore what it's like to be in and leave a religious cult. For more info on the Reclamation Podcast, or to tell your story, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Aldo B. Martin. And one of the things that Jesus' final commandments to his disciples was go and baptize all nations. So these 30 people took it literal, and from there, they grew there nationally and internationally. And so that's how that's how it just grew. Yeah. That's how it grew. And it was all based out of Los Angeles because the leader, he was part of the group in Boston, but then he relocated to Los Angeles. So wherever he was is where the headquarters were. Right. If that makes any sense. Oof. You're taking me down a down a path, man. This so, is memory so it started off in a living room. The leader eventually moves to Los Angeles. From what I can only assume is he's starting to make good money and can afford a beach house. <laughs> That's what this was. So yeah, it's really funny. I didn't again. I didn't think of it at the time, but I was like, oh wow, yeah, he went from Boston to one of the most expensive cities in in America in in Los Angeles. Well, I. I had a I had a wonderful boss. He was uh, a Christian guy, and he's um, I think he's a a pastor at his church or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. You'd have no idea he's religious. He does not speak about it with anybody. He's very devout, though. Yeah. Um, he went to do I and I'm being presumptuous here. He went to work for a church. What I'm assuming is that that was something he always wanted to do. To work for the church? To actually work in the church. And he was there for one or two years. And within that time, two younger people under him wanted him out. Why? Because they wanted him his position. They were rising in the ranks. Okay. And it was essentially a step on the person's neck to get ahead. Got it. And but he essentially said, he goes, that you think these are these altruistic people, but he goes, it's, it's a business like anything else. He was like, we had a budget of $2 million a year, which isn't a lot for a lot of companies, but for a church, that's a lot of money. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's a big budget. Mm -hmm. You know, he said, he said there, the people there are no different than the corporate assholes you work with at a corporation. Mm. It's very much the same thing. There Mm. are people trying to get ahead. There are people that, there are people that are 
Much like in a corporation, they're so friendly to the client. Don't worry, we're going to take care of you. Yeah, but behind uh, closed internally, doors. they're pieces of shit to their coworkers. Yeah, you know? excuse my language. Yeah. Shout out language. Shout out to language <laughs> out there. Shout out to the color and variety of language that produces conversation throughout the world. So whether you are speaking in coherent sentences or scatting. <laughs> Or speaking in a series of clicks, whatever it is you got, shout out to language. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's, it's, it's funny you should say that because I guess that's what it was. You know, like we really thought our church was above all that. Yeah. And beyond all that. And, And in retrospect, it was just... It was just regular. Yeah. You know? It was yeah. just regular. And just like everybody else was trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. and and not better than anybody else. Right, right. Right. And I think that was that was a large mistake. And um yeah, so that's 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 that. That's that's really interesting. But but even in this man, I've met a lot of really interesting people, uh a lot of people that are still close friends till this day. Sure. Till this day, yeah, you yeah. know, people that I'm, I'm super close with. Yeah. And they were all part of this organization. And um, you know what the funny thing is? Mm-hmm. As much as I like to call it a cult now. Right. If I was given an opportunity to do it all over again. Yeah. I wouldn't change a thing. Sure. Do you say that simply because it, it was the vessel that got you through those dark times? 100%. Yeah. That's what I figured. It was 100%. I, I can't. And um, you're not sure what other pathway you could have gone down. No. Had you not had that. No. Yeah. I don't. I, I come from a line uh, of, uh, you know, people who were alcoholics. Yeah. Yeah. No disrespect to them, but I'm just saying that's how the people that I, who came before me, that's how they coped yeah. with yeah, yeah. their sadness. Yeah, exactly. And, um, which is not a good coping mechanism. Which is not a good coping <laughs> mechanism, but it's a, but it's a common coping yeah, mechanism, yeah. you know? And, and I, I, could I have went that route? Possibly. Sure. Possibly, you know, and life might be totally different for me. And, and the reason I feel comfortable saying I would do the same thing over again is because I'm very happy with how the movie ended. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but I know of people who are former members who do not feel the same way. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't feel the same way and they feel... They feel, they feel cheated. Yeah. Out of life experiences. Yeah. They feel robbed out of time. Yeah, out of time. Yeah, yeah. They feel like they've been duped out yeah. of money. Right. And they feel like they were taken advantage of because they were in such a low mental and emotional state. And it's something that they have a hard time forgiving and. And rightfully so. And rightfully so. And so and I think that's that's one of the bigger reasons why I wanted to do to express this story on a podcast such as this. Yeah. Because uh, I'm not going to put a number on it, but I know many people who are currently friends of mine today who are former members. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if we if we haven't seen each other in a day or a week or in a year. Or in a decade. Mm. It doesn't matter. Anytime we get together, 
and we could just be talking regular shit, doing regular shit. Yeah. Somehow our conversations always come back to our experience at the church. Huh. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. Like yesterday, you know, we're, we're out in the backyard, we're smoking ribs, we're doing all that. We're having a good time. Yeah. If it was to have been former church members, it would be the same energy. We'd have a good time. But then somehow, <laughs> while I'm turning the ribs over, it'd be like, man, you remember when uh, such and such did this at the Bible talk? <laughs> man, he was crazy. I hated him. <laughs> and then we'd be like, yeah, yeah, that was crazy. What were we thinking? But... That's how it goes. Yeah. And it's not that we're bitter people. It's just that we have a shared experience. And who else can we tell this to? And that's almost your form of therapy for it. It's 100% because no one else is going to understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one else. You tell people I was in a cult, they're going to think you was wearing a tunic. Right, 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 (laughs) right. And you couldn't eat bread on Tuesdays. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. You know what I'm saying? And so when people think cult, that's what they think. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. they also think that people that are in cults, they think we're stupid. Right. They think we're gullible. Mm. They think that we're not productive members of society. Right. And I would like to argue and say that I am none of those things. Yeah. I am none of those things. But what's interesting about that argument, though, is someone could say, but you, you aren't because someone could argue that you were lucky enough to see things from a different view and leave. How would you have been had you have stayed all these years? You know what I mean? Great question. Would you have... Great question. You know, would your time still have been robbed all of this time? Or I don't know, you know, maybe you would have been very... Great question. You know. Great question. I think it's it's worthy of, of consideration. And it's almost unanswerable, really. It's almost you know? unanswerable, but but even in, in what I found in, in, in discussing these things is that you have to understand that anything is a possibility. Yeah. Right? Let's go back to uh, uh, the Jonestown Massacre. Yeah. For those of you who are listening and are not aware of the Jonestown Massacre, uh, but it was a gentleman yeah. named Jim Jones who was a, uh, a pastor of a church, and I think it was in California. Uh-huh. I think so. San Francisco sounded about right. Yeah. And he created this this church, this movement in which the people were loyal to him. And then he decided to take this group of followers to Guyana and, and create this establishment, this community, this town that was just for them and believers. And it turned out to be a colossal disaster in the sense that this man, uh, Jim Jones, believed that he believed he was ordained by God. He believed he was a prophet of sorts. And he believed that the government and the world and the devil were conspiring against him from doing something good. And therefore, he convinced his followers to commit suicide yeah. by drinking a poisonous concoction of cyanide and Kool-Aid yeah. so that they could all die together. And um, and they died right then and there, and it was hundreds of people. And I, I believe he made himself exempt from that after after the fact, or did he do it? I thought he, he shot was... himself. Oh, okay. He didn't what, drink the poison. Was it only because he was they were he was going to get in trouble though? And so he didn't drink the poison, but he shot himself. See, yeah, this is the weird thing. I, I mean, we don't have to get into that. We can go deeper into this in another episode because this is going to be a deep one. But the question is. 
Yeah, because you you brought up a really good point. You go, people think we're dumb. Yeah, we're blah 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 this and that, and it's fascinating because that is the, the the first thing you go. How can you all possibly be followers? You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But there are different levels of like Manson obviously managed through drugs and 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 propaganda to convince people to kill someone. Your organization wasn't doing that. No. You guys had recruiting policies and stuff, but um, but what's fascinating is okay. This guy said that he was ordained by God as the Messiah or whatever. To my Jones or the Jones. Yeah. Uh, if he believes, if he goes to Guyana and he believes that this is the perfect utopia. Utopia, yeah. And that the government's after us. Is he mentally ill? <laughs> or is he just doing a great job as a sociopath of convincing other people that this is truth? Because on one hand, you go, well, he must be crazy to think that the, like that the government's after them, this and that. But then he has the knowledge to go, oh, I don't want to die. Like mm-hmm. now that all these people drop dead around him, he goes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's like, and but then he's got no way out. And he goes, well, I just may as well shoot myself because mm-hmm. now I'm going to prison for a long. So there's mm-hmm. there's a sense there that that where he's not mentally ill. No. But then, well, he's coherent. Yeah, and, and then, <coughs> and then you look at all the people, and you go, "What is charisma? And how does that convince hundreds of people to do something like?" Because I have to believe that in the '80s, it was just the same as now. Where if someone gave you, if someone walked up to you on the street, mm-hmm. even gave you something unopened, yeah, and was like, "Hey, here, have some Gatorade," Gatorade, you're gonna be like. <laughs> No, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I, I so think, poison. You're like <laughs> you see, but but you see, you, you gotta to answer that question. You have to look at the state of the person, and I'm talking about the state of the person. We're talking like what is the mental state yeah, of the person right. who's being uh, subjected to this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and. In my understanding, and I'm not an expert, but in my understanding, in speaking with people who were members of such an organization, there's a common theme of people who were at the low point in their life. Yeah, right. And low point in their life could mean different things for different people. You know, it could be a low point financially, emotionally, mentally, physically. It could be anything. So. If we were to take a deep dive into the people who were the victims of um, of Jonestown, I would wonder how many people were in peril. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Mentally. Yeah. You know? And, much much um, how you felt. Much how I felt. Yeah, yeah. Much how I felt. And um, and, and I, I, I respect them. Yeah. I respect them. Yeah, that's a good point. Bad. Yeah, that's a really good point. I never thought about it that way. But yeah, yeah it's that you're, you're easily convinced when you go well i got nothing else i mean this 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 dives this goes off into so many avenues this dives well into gang mentality well it's funny you should say that because i was just about to say this yeah i was talking to a friend of mine and he was trying to understand how i could get involved in a cult yeah right now as i was talking to him however when he was in high school he was involved in selling drugs. Right. That's what he got into. Right. No judgment, but that's what he got into. Sure. 
And as he and I were speaking, he didn't understand. And I said to him, I said, all right, let me ask you something, man. How did you get involved? Did you just on your own at 15, 16 years old decide you wanted to just pick up a kilo of cocaine and just find it and go sell it? Right. He said, nah, nah. You know, the older guys on the, on the, on the block, they introduced me to it. I was like, well, did they start off? Did they just see you day one and just say, here, go sell this? No. What he said is that there was a relationship built over time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And then it wound up into this <laughs> partnership of selling drugs. And, and I said, well, here's the thing. The difference between you and I is that the guys on the corner started showing you love. Yeah. Yeah. For me, love and acceptance. Yeah. For me, the people in this organization started showing me love and acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. The difference is after this love and acceptance, the people he associated with him introduced him to a, a pile of drugs. Yeah. Yeah. The people I was associated with introduced me to a fucking Bible. Yeah. And then we chose our paths. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What if the roles were reversed? What if the roles were reversed? And he understood. He understood. He was right. like, wow, that's, that's similar. And so that's, that's one guy who was selling drugs. Another guy that I know who was involved in the gang. Yeah. Heavily. He's not in it anymore, but he was involved heavily. And I asked him the same thing. How did that happen? And he says, no, nah, it was, it's a relationship built over time. And there's a group of people that are showing you love and acceptance. And they're showing you love and acceptance. So whatever it is that they're into, you're going to get into because that's, sure. that's your people. Yep. Yep. And I think I said that earlier uh, in our recording where it was this love and acceptance that they gave me. And whatever they were doing, I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm like, word. Yo, if y'all telling me you changing Jesus' name to Raphael, I'm be like, all right. Yeah. Raphael Let's get the word is. out. <laughs> Raphael it is. <laughs> get the word out. <laughs> So that's what I'm 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 in there. That's what that's what I'm in there. So it's 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 this thing where it's about people looking for acceptance. And so with that being said, people that are involved in cults are just like everybody else in the world. Right. Who's looking for acceptance. Right, right, right. Some way or another. Right. We just so happen to find it in this place. Yeah. And it goes back to the song, looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and with that, <laughs> we thank you for listening. Next time on The Reclamation. All right. And I think I remember saying, like, I don't plan on becoming Christian, but I want to learn more about this, this book. Right. Yeah. But there was that expectation that if you were befriending or spending a lot of time with someone who's quote unquote in the world, that's that was kind of the terminology, that you would bring them to church. <laughs>